now let's get information. I slay. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. You know you that bitch when you cause all this conversation. Always stay gracious, best revenge is your paper. Hey, hey, welcome to the Vagistine Podcast, where we're having courageous conversations about sex, relationships, and everything in between. Today, I have the amazing, amazing, amazing Yamani on my podcast, and I'm probably too overjoyed, but I've been following all of your stuff <laughs> for for a little while now and reading up on some articles about you. So I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Yamani, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, my name is Yamani Hernandez, and I am the executive director of the National Network of Abortion Funds. Yay. Awesome. Awesome. So I wanted to have you on. I mean, one, I, of course, I believe in abortion access, abortion rights, and I am deeply, you know, getting up on my reproductive justice um, because I feel like that's something that's, you know, it's always been there in the conversation, but hasn't been really brought to the forefront. So I just appreciate you being at the intersection of all of that. But I also wanted to have a conversation with you because since the Trump (laughs) presidency is upon us, I have been getting questions and just engaging with people about like, what do we do? And it's just been this overwhelming sense of, I don't know, do we march in the street? Do we just wait, do like, what do we do? And so I know when I started talking about this, some of my friends were like, why would you talk about this on your podcast? You talk about sex and stuff related to sex. But for me, the, you know, the personal is the political. And as a woman navigating the world, a black woman navigating the world and knowing how policies just affect even things like sex and even things like our own reproductive rights, I just feel like it just all goes into one. So I'm starting to have, trying to have conversations with movers and shakers and just hearing thoughts around what people are doing and what can we do. And also just trying to get us in the mind space of we're going to be okay and we still have to take care of ourselves. So I really appreciate you being here for this conversation. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm super ready to have it. (laughs) So if first things first, I don't know, you know, I don't know how you 100% feel, but how did you take the news of a Trump presidency? What was your um, reaction? Well, I can, my initial reaction um, was definitely um, one of, I, I give the analogy actually of like a train wreck, um, mm. because I think that over the last, I took this job um, about a year and a half ago, and, um, you know, kind of was my first time getting full force into abortion access work. I definitely have been an ally to it and done some abortion work as like a piece of broader um, sexual health work. Mm -hmm. But um, over the past year and a half doing this work, I have released a lot of of hope. For the first time, we saw um, the Hyde Amendment that um, prohibits federal funds being spent for abortion and um, coverage of abortion through public insurance. We saw that 
the possibility of having that repealed through the Democratic um, Party platform. So mm-hmm. there was all this momentum and kind of, um, I, it honestly, it felt like we were winning. And um, for that, for the election to turn out the way that it did, um, it really felt like a train wreck. And like, you know, all of a sudden things were derailed, at least at the federal level. Um, so it was very disappointing, um, disheartening, very sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say that I was completely, I don't, I, I wasn't necessarily in the camp of people who never thought that it was possible. Um, I, throughout the entire campaign, I, I never understood, you know, the fact that he even became a nominee, the fact that, you know, scandal after scandal after scandal happened and he continued to grow stronger and continued to have support. Um, I, I can't say that I was entirely surprised, but it was no less um, disturbing, upsetting. And um, we've all had to, you know, combination of grieve and, you know, regroup about how we're going to move forward in this climate. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think that's the perfect word to describe it. I did. <laughs> I think my word has been numb. I just, I think mm. I'm still mm. walking around and knowing that as of next week, like next week it's going, it's going to go down. It's, it's actually here. It's official. I think, I think for the last uh, couple of months, I've just been kind of like my word has been meh about the situation because yeah. I just, I think I'm still getting over my, my disbelief, but then it's also, I'm just getting over the, is this real life kind of thing? And especially watching Obama's farewell speech, um, the other night <laughs> and then to just, yeah. and then to just go to this, it's just like, I can't believe the shit that we're dealing with right now. Like, this is so, I, I don't, I, I'm still, I'm still in the, in a state of confusion. And I think that's the way that the other like friends that I'm talking to they're just kind of shutting shutting down or just kind of trying to ignore the situation and so I I totally hear you yeah we can't afford we can't accept we can't afford to ignore it um I totally get the the numbness I I have had you know I think on a daily basis it's a struggle between managing the grief and 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 the sort of like fire to revolt and resist. <laughs> so it's it's you know and it, it involves you know talking talking myself out you know down from the ledge and <laughs> um, out of the numbness and out of the grief because we can't afford to like if this happened with people um, already being active and involved. Mm-hmm. Um, we can only imagine what will happen if people are silent and give up. Yeah. So, um, if anything, we need to fight harder. Um, we need to get more. We need to get more people engaged. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that we have to double down on on the work that we've been doing and um, not give up and not allow and not submit, basically, to mm. tyranny. Definitely. Yeah. For sure, for sure. So I like how you said um, we can't afford to <laughs> to stop now. We can't afford to stop working. Can you tell us more about your work and its importance, especially in light of a Trump presidency? Sure. Um, so as I mentioned, I'm the executive director of the National Network of Abortion Funds. And um, honestly, um, before I started this job, I hadn't, I did not realize that there was a National Network of Abortion Funds. Mm-hmm. And um, the, re- the way that I even 
learned about what an abortion fund was, um, was through trying to help a young person that I was working with access an abortion who um, couldn't afford it, couldn't also, um, her parents um, had threatened to kick her out of the house if, if she had another child, mm. also didn't believe in birth control or abortion. Wow. Um, so just a really confusing mix of things. And at that time, um, I wasn't in this field, and I was really um, taken aback by her struggle. Um, I my, myself had had an abortion um, when I was 19. It wasn't something that politicized me. Mm-hmm. But watching this young woman that was trying to navigate the system and also um, willing to, at that time, she was she had basically asked a group of other young people to um, beat her up so that she would miscarry and oh, not. Wow have to pay for an abortion and also, um, you know, kind of just, she said that she thought it was more socially acceptable, more acceptable to explain getting beat up than it was explaining having to have abortion. So in calling around colleagues at that time, um, they were like, oh, you got to call the Chicago Abortion Fund. And I was like, what is that? Um, So it turns out that um, an abortion fund is a grassroots organization, um, mostly volunteer-based, um, we have there are seventy um, abortion funds across thirty eight states and um, three countries. Wow! And um, yeah, I did not realize that the network was so big. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I live in Chicago, and I thought that there was only the Chicago Abortion Fund. And so to find out that there was abortion funds all over, um, it really just um, was so exciting and moving um, to to realize that a bunch of volunteers, thousands of volunteers across the country come together and um, raise money for people to pay for their abortions. They also, even though we're called funds, um, they do more than funding. Um, mm-hmm. They give rides to people who um, have transportation transportation barriers. Um, they watch people's kids while they ha- go get their procedure. They house people or pay for hotels. Um, a lot, there's people who are abortion doulas who support people through their procedures. Wow. And um, so it's a really amazing support network of people, like I said, that is is predominantly volunteer, but there are a few that have paid staff. Um, so our work is basically at the national level is to provide um, capacity building support for our for our members, um, which are um, the organizations and and actually we're expanding our membership beyond just the abortion funds to individuals as well mm. and allied organizations and that's part of our strategic plan wow, um cool. but yeah yeah Sorry, i don't know if i should stop there but yeah no, we do no. training and advocacy for for our for our members basically um so we help them with fundraising we help them with specific um with organizing training um we're trying to shift our framework a little bit from um, only doing the funding piece to taking advantage of the fact that we have direct access to people on the ground and we can build relationships with them beyond just their abortion procedure, but um, continuing to have a relationship and develop um, more of a civic engagement, more of a um, organizing, more of a relational, longer-term relational um a relationship with mm-hmm. with the people that are most impacted. And so that is really our goal. That's awesome. I I love that. Yeah. I um it's interesting that you, you know, I didn't I didn't know that abortion funds did um the outside things 
besides the funding, I had a situation with a friend um, a few months ago who needed an abortion, was going from clinic to clinic and could not, they, they kept telling her to wait. And the longer you wait, the more expensive um, yep. it becomes. And she didn't have insurance. And I got yeah. to the point where I was like, I just, you know, this is too, this is too great. Like, this is too much. $2,300 for a procedure that you need. And from going yeah. from door to door and like, they know that you have a, you know, you have financial issues and to be like, well, come back in two weeks. <laughs> that doesn't help with the financial yeah. issue. And so I knew about, you know, the local abortion fund here, Baltimore abortion fund. And so I was like, listen, call them, see what they can do. Um, and I think just telling her to do that kind of empowered her because what started happening was she was getting depressed. She was just not, she yeah. was just kind of coming to terms with, I'm, I think I'm going to have to have this baby. And I was like, this, yeah. no, 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 you can't because yeah. you, it's not even like one of those things where it's like, Oh, I'll just come around to it. Or, you know what? I always want to do this. It was one of those situations where it was an absolute no. And so, and it was kind of yeah. affecting her mental health and just, you know, giving her the resources and the information to call the abortion fund, open the doors to getting money from the DC fund and, you know, the other local funds. And it was sort of amazing. And it kind of empowered her because it was all it took was, all right, I'm gonna call and see what they say. And, you know, right. she, you know, thankfully got her, you know, abortion and, it just uh, to me like that the, watching that happen and unfold just kind of showed you know how important this access is and how important it is to when a woman wants to make up her mind to do something she's going to do it and she's going to have to do it and it takes caring people and resources and just everything around her yeah. to try and make that work so i i thank you for your yeah. work <laughs> Yeah, and I'm realizing that I didn't really answer your question about how things get will be different um, or yeah. may become different or harder under Trump. And, I mean, I think that um, for us, we know how hard the logistical and financial barriers are to getting abortion. And that was in a, in a climate that was, you know, not threatening mm -hmm. to overturn Roe. I mean, I don't think that's possible, but it's just... You know, the fact that that's a goal and the fact that there's, you know, like we just had a, an amazing um, win at the Supreme Court in in the summertime that basically was telling clinics in Texas um, that, well, telling the state of Texas, rather, mm -hmm. that they cannot put these ridiculous um, requirements on abortion clinics that um, are just unreasonable and require them to close right. um and making it harder so that was that was going to be that was you know an amazing win for us and um as a movement and um you know it gave us a sense of hope of like what's possible to basically codify and make sure that um the the right to a, the constitutional right to abortion is upheld um and that there aren't any undue burdens in accessing your rights but when you have um an elected official at the highest level coming in saying that they um, pledged to um, put pro-life judges on 
Um, and that's his word for life. I don't like that term. Yeah. I prefer to use anti-choice. Yeah. Um, judges on the Supreme Court um, and, you know, have pledged to try to institute um, nationwide um, bans on 20-week abortions. Um, like, they're just, it's just a really ugly reality yeah. mm-hmm. that that he is trying to that he's committed to you know on the front line so very concerned about how abortion access might become even harder i mean even like almost you know it was only well just a few weeks ago that ohio um signed a 20-week ban in into law um and you know <laughs> that that is devastating mm-hmm. um and so we can't we can't I mean, there's so many states that are, you know, want to follow the lead, and they feel like they have the backing and the support of mm-hmm. of the federal government, the impending federal government, to do that. Um, and so we got to get really loud. I mean, we need everybody who cares about abortion to um, get loud and stay loud. I've been saying that kind of on repeat. Mm-hmm. You know, especially at the especially at the local level. Um, you know, letting your local officials know that that you vote, you're in their districts, and that you do not, you will not stand, you know, for, for that kind of, those kind of changes in, in, in the law. Like, we, we don't need that. That's not what their constituents need. Um, and painting a more realistic picture of mm-hmm. who's, who's out here, like, who these things affect, who um, will be impacted by such ugly legislation. For sure, for sure. I, ooh, that was so, that was so pat. You, I think you hit on literally everything. And, and something that came up for me while you were talking was I know there are people who are like, man, this doesn't affect me, or this doesn't, um, you know, why, like, I've never had an abortion, or I'm not ever going to have an abortion. Why do I care about this? Or, you know, why, why, why is this such a pertinent issue? This is, you know, I've, I've had all the debates and for me, it, it's not just about, have I had an abortion? Will I have an abortion? Someone, you know, like in my situation, it was someone of someone that I knew, um, that needed resources. And it just, you know, just so happened that like, I already knew some of the people that worked at the abort at the local abortion fund. So I kind of already, you know, knew what was going on. But for me, it's, it doesn't matter if it's about you or not, or if you feel that it's right or not, it's about, am I, can I support another person in making a decision that's best for them? So I think you hit, yeah. I, I, hit I think I you think, hit on the head. Yeah, I think that's true. And one thing I also like to call people's attention to who aren't necessarily, I mean, who I would consider something like mixed choice. Yeah. Like they, they technically believe in abortion access, but they would never have an abortion. And also like, they only believe in, in, in for like certain circumstances. Yeah, right. And I like to remind, I, I like to remind people that are in that position that these, these laws impact mis- people who are miscarrying. Yes. And there's been, there's been like case after case after case after case where People who are literally mid miscarriage cannot get the services that they need, um, and are being turned away from hospitals, a specific, in particular, religious hospitals like Catholic hospitals, mm-hmm. um, who are they're like literally. I'm talking about bleeding, 
and being told you ha- you we can't help you um because of these kind these kind of laws um and so for people that that you know <laughs> i think the 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 population of people that aren't that i think are in that boat like i think they just need to get more educated and understand that um i personally believe that abortion should be available and accessible for anybody who needs it for any reason. And I don't feel like it's our personal business. I don't think it's our business to know what people's personal circumstances and reasons are. But for some people who don't take that stance and, you know, or have a little bit more trouble, um, you know, feeling like they need all these justifications, um, I just really encourage people to think about that. Like, what, what if you're miscarrying? What if your friend is miscarrying? And they aren't able to get the services that they need. Um, that that's a very very real thing. And then for some people, even getting criminalized in the process of miscarriage, as if it's not already hard enough to be miscarrying, but then people being accused of inducing their miscarriages mm. or whether it's just a very slippery slope when we start um, blaming people and trying to insert ourselves into other people's personal lives like it's just not our business right and the point is that people should have access to whatever health care that they need whenever they need it absolutely absolutely Woo! preach preach on this Thursday morning <laughs> so <laughs> so I think you I have one more question for you I know you're you're giving me your time and I appreciate it Um, You already started talking about it, talking about what we can do. You said engaging our local officials. What else do you Mm -hmm. think we can do at this time, and how can we be active? Right. Um, I mean, of course, for me, I because I'm at abortion funds, Mm -hmm. National Network of Abortion Funds, I want people to get involved with their local abortion fund. Mm -hmm. In particular, I really want people of color Yes. To get involved yes. with abortion funds. I think, you know, like I said, I'm a black woman. I did not know what an abortion fund was. Um, I didn't know it was an option of something that I could be involved in. Um, and, you know, like, I just think by nature of just not knowing, you know, what's out here, um, sometimes we don't know where we can plug in. And um, I really want abortion funds to be one of those places the things you find that you can donate is a very, very important money for people to pay for their procedures, period, point blank. Our abortion funds run out of money every single day, mm-hmm. every single month. Um, so donating is a big deal, and I don't even mean, like, huge donations. Like, $5, $10 makes a big difference. We do this bolathon every year, and it's coming up. Um, it hap- happens as nationwide, a um, whole bunch of teams, and... Um, and it's usually in April. And I mean, last year, people raised nearly a million dollars, literally with very, very small donations, like $10 a pay period or $10 period. Um, so donations make a big difference. Volunteering makes a really big difference. And that can mean being on the board of an abortion fund. It can mean being a volunteer and doing, um, doing driving, during, doing, you know, like if you have some specific skills that you can um, lend to an abortion fund, like accounting or, you know, legal help or anything like that. Those are super helpful. Um, yes, calling your, your local legislators, writing, um, all of those make a, a really big deal. Um, and then um, there's a campaign to repeal the Hyde Amendment um, and other ab- abortion coverage bans, and that is called All Above All. And if you go to allaboveall.org, um, you can sign on 
there um, to that campaign. And um, and then we're launching an individual membership to a um, national network of abortion funds. And um, you'll be able to find that on our website, which is um, abortionfunds.org. Okay. Um, it launches this month, I believe. Um, you can just put in your name and someone will get in touch with you. Um, and that is where we're just, you know, we're trying to collect people. Um, and and build build a base of people who want to take action, and we will um, definitely give calls to actions, ways to be more involved. But it starts with you know having a contact. So those are my suggestions for now. Awesome! Thank you so much for those. All right, I have one, one, one last question. <laughs> this is what I've been asking literally everyone around me. How are you taking care of yourself in light of this election? Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for asking that because I think that self care is going to be a really important re- <laughs> re- resilience um, tactic, and um, we have to make space for it, even even though it seems hard. Um, and also, I don't I don't think that is a luxury. Um, Definitely. Sometimes we think of it as a luxury, being able to afford to go get massage mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, for me, um, and I fall off sometimes, honestly. Like the la- the fall. Probably the last six months of the year, I I definitely got kind of bogged down in you know, everything that was happening and feeling like it was happening to me. Um, and so this, you know, this time of year, <laughs> a lot of people make new intentions and if not resolutions. Yeah. And, um, I'm recommitting to a yoga to my yoga practice. Um, All right. I'm committing to doing. Um, I do. I'm starting community acupuncture with a friend of mine. Um, who holds it um, in her space once a week. That's so, awesome. Um, those are some, yeah, those are some things. And just generally, you know, trying to drink a lot of water, <laughs> trying to do 20 minutes of stillness and meditation, you know, like basic stuff like that. I hold my breath a lot. I clench my teeth all the time, you know, and so like trying to have, be a little bit more mindful of like, oh, relax your face. You know, like, um, <laughs> like small things really make a difference because, um, we don't realize how much we are holding this in our bodies. Absolutely. Um, and, and we don't, you know, I think, I think we just don't want to hold it. Like we want to try to like be a filter and let it pass through. Um, Definitely. but not necessarily, um, hold on to it because we, we can't afford to be sick. Absolutely. We can't afford to be, uh, be sick right now, especially. So <laughs> <laughs> the struggle continues. <laughs> well, I mean, some of us are, you know, some of us will be sick, you know, like there's all kinds of stuff, but I'm saying like the things that we can control, Yes. Um, yeah. you know, like at the places where we can control, where we can, you know, make a difference um, for ourselves, like we, we should try to do those. Things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Yamani, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. I could talk to you. I have a million more <laughs> questions, but I, I will stop here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking with us and empowering us and teaching us today. And thank you for your work and please continue doing the work. And I, of course, I mean, hashtag Shiro goals, because as a woman of color, <laughs> you're out here. And I just think I, I mean, I'm 100% on board. I believe that women of color especially need to, um, of course, be in positions of power and influence, but also, um, standing alongside issues that aren't always talked about and that um, need more of us out here raising hell about them. So thank you so much for doing your work. 
Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yay! Hey, hey, y'all. So thanks for listening to the Vagistine podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode with the amazing, badass, everything Yamani Hernandez. Uh, Remember to look to support your local abortion funds, like she said. But also, I need you to do me a favor. I know we're about to hit the streets uh, this weekend. So please, please, please be safe. Represent for all of us. And drop by again tomorrow and download some of our bonus episodes of some of your voices and what you're doing in light of this Trump presidency. And also, I'm re-dropping the encore of me and Shauna's episode, Trump Don't Kill My Vibe, uh, just kind of helping us navigate some self-care and what we can do in case we're having a hard time with the Trump presidency. So enjoy those. And I want you to subscribe, download, and rate the podcast. There's a couple steps here. I need you to, one, do it yourself, but then two, tell a friend to do it. And if they're not as savvy as you, grab their phones and make sure you subscribe and help them rate and comment on the Vagistine podcast. We have a whole bunch of new topics coming your way. I'm excited about this new year. If you have any show ideas or any awesome people that I need to talk to, make sure you hit me up at vagisteam at gmail.com. And you could always contact me through the website at www.vagisteam.com. I can't wait to hear from you. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. You know you that bitch when you cause all this conversation. Always stay gracious, best revenge is your paper. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. I slay. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. You know you that bitch when you cause all this conversation. Always stay gracious, best revenge is your paper.